What's up, everyone? I'm Ryan Wolt, and welcome to the very first Roast West Coast podcast all about coffee presented by Owl Podcasts. I'm just thrilled to be bringing this first season of the show to you. I love coffee and getting inspired by the entrepreneurs and innovators making things happen in the coffee industry today. Throughout season one of this show, I'll be sharing the stories of some of the very best West Coast roasters in the hyper-local community of North County, San Diego. I'll be interviewing roastery founders, head roasters, and directors of coffee. We'll learn about their coffee origin stories, why they're so passionate about the drink that they've made it the focus of their careers, about their roasting philosophies, how the coronavirus has impacted them and their businesses, and what they've got planned for this unusual holiday season. And we'll be learning about coffee, too. I'll be asking Chris O'Brien, owner of Coffee Cycle in Pacific Beach, San Diego, and my own personal coffee sensei, all the coffee questions you might be craving the answer to. Things like how coffee is processed, what the differences between first and third wave is, what variables, things like how water, grind size, and brew time impact the quality of your cup of coffee in the morning, and he'll even share some of his own secrets about how he picks and chooses the best beans to use in his own shop. As we work our way through Season 1, we'll be recapping everything and offering bonus content on RoastWestCoast.com. To kick things off, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, one of the sponsors of this show, is offering 15% off their bulk bean orders online at ZoombarCoffee.com. Just use the promo code ROAST15 in all capital letters at ZoombarCoffee.com. Okay. This morning, I've been drinking the Zumbar Hummingbird Medium Roast, which I've been buying in bulk during the pandemic and was one of the key inspirations for even starting this podcast. It feels fairly appropriate because the first guest on the Roast West Coast podcast is Steve Rail. He's the founder and head roaster at Zumbar Coffee and Tea. He's one of the original craft roasters in San Diego, and I was stoked to get a chance to talk to him. And now, it's time for another good cup of coffee and the show. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Ryan. How are you, bud? Good, yeah. I'm doing good. Welcome to uh, Roast West Coast. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm actually drinking one of your hummingbird coffees right now. Nice. (laughs) And I hate to admit it, but I kind of burned the crap out of it. So I apologize. (laughs) I apologize to you. I got distracted and all of a sudden I was looking at my timers and it was all over the map. (laughs) <laughs> it happens you're the owner and founder of zoom bar coffee and tea right yep and i got a bunch of questions i think the first thing i wanted to ask you about is your your name zoom bar and mm-hmm. kind of where it came from it's a unique uh spanish name yeah so when i first started um you know i had my idea to open a coffee business um took me a month of you know searching around for different names and kind of that wit's end and I just looked into the Spanish English dictionary and kind of flipped to the last page and there it was Zumbar. Um, it means to buzz like a bee or hum like a motor, um, kind of to get the wheels turning. So I was like, okay, I like the, the feel of the name and, and, uh, the meaning's right. So yeah. naming a business kind of like naming a kid, you know, like you really want it to be right, but you never really know. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I have a, yeah. Uh, I named a business a while back and I remember I saved the only thing I saved from that business after it closed was the list of names we considered that didn't get picked. And uh, uh, yeah. so I have a piece of paper with all these names scribbled all over it. And just looking back at that's like reminds you of the process. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, you gotta have a, you know, there's gotta be a feel to it and, and it has to say, say something obviously. So, well, and it sounds um, like when I see business names, I, you know, 
think, well, did those people put thought into what they named their business or did they just kind of come up with something? Just you know, jumped on it. Pretty- it sounds like you open once you opened the book and saw it, that was kind of it. You knew this is yeah. Uber. So that's good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of which, you guys were founded way back in 20, 2003. Right. So you're like the elder statesman of the hipster craft coffee game, right? I mean, I, I can't <laughs> imagine there was a ton of local coffee roasters around back, you know, 17 years ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, the way that I started this business, I, I was house sitting in Seattle. I had gone traveling for quite a while and then I came back. My parents lived up in Washington. My sister lived in Seattle and I had an opportunity to house sit for a while. So I wasn't looking to get back into the jobs that I had before, which I really wasn't into. Um, and I wanted to start my own business. Um, I was actually thinking about doing a tea business. But I was in Seattle and I was kind of thinking, well, maybe tea and coffee to get started. And then we started going around to different coffee roasters in Seattle and, you know, basically fell in love with coffee roasting. And so, you know, at that point, I mean, I, I had grown up in San Diego, so I knew I wanted to be back down here. I'm a big surfer and stuff. So, yeah. So, you know, once I once I decided coffee roasting. I had actually bought the copy roaster, had it shipped up to Seattle, did, you know, all the the repairs and renovation to get it going up in Washington State um, on Whidbey Island and then came down here and said, yeah, I'm going to open a you know, coffee roasting business, just like the, you know, the few of the places that were um, going in Seattle. So the one place in particular that I learned a lot of info from was uh, lighthouse lighthouse roasters in Seattle. And they, that guy's been doing it forever, you know, mm-hmm. and he's king of just like, I'm going to roast good coffee and serve it out, you know, serve it to people out my door. I'm not going to, you know, zero marketing, zero advertising and just, you know, service with a smile, make quality coffee and uh, you know, away we go. And he's, you know, he's just, done so awesome in his business. So, so yeah, it's like, I wanted to open something similar to that. And I came down here and, you know, started looking around for places and, uh, realized that it was going to be a pretty big venture. So in 2003, <laughs> that's when I just, I started with a little coffee cart and outside of into it in university city over there and did that for about a year and a half while I was kind of planning how to get this business off the ground. And then I found my spot in San Sereno Valley and then yeah, dove in head first and There's, here I am. <laughs> it's interesting that you that you found Lighthouse and that kind of brought you or started you on a path. I think two things that you said that were really interesting. One is that because there's always these pockets of people doing niche quality craft that eventually yeah. become trendy, whether it's coffee or beer or working with leather or something. And people go, well, this is like the newest, coolest thing ever. And it's like, well, no, people have been doing this. You just, you know, they were, they were in their world and the people that knew them knew them. And that was kind of, yeah. and that's a cool, that's always a cool thing to feel part of in a community that, you know, the person who's like the guy or the girl or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I you, mean, cause in Seattle there was, you know, there's obviously Seattle has been doing coffee for a lot longer than San Diego, as far as, you know, mm-hmm. craft arts and coffee. And there's a few places when I was, this was probably 2000, I think. So there was a few pretty okay. big name places already going up that Debachki Lighthouse, Cafe Vita. Those were some of the big names in Seattle. And then kind of the whole micro roaster retail thing started to explode a couple of years afterwards. But 
You had mentioned it was a scene. And, <laughs> what's that? I was going to say you mentioned um, that you you bought the roaster and you had to kind of uh, repair it and get it operational. And you talk about on your website too, in your location, you're into it in the tech sector, the technology behind coffee as well. But there's there's manufacturing like this physical repairs and building component to coffee roasting as well that I don't think people realize when they just order their cup and they see it being prepared or they're at home and they make it in their machine. Was that something you were always kind of handy with or was that something you were expecting going into it doing all that kind of hands-on work or even like being in the tech, I have a little bit of experience of, of being around some coffee nerds who get really into like laser refraction and stuff. And I'm like, where is this, you know, how did this progress that way? Was that something you, you knew you were into or was it like, no, I just want to make some good coffee and no, it's been a major learning experience, you know. I mean, so I I did learn a lot of from Lighthouse Coffee. I learned a lot about roasting and roasters and afterburners and the whole setup. But once I started going on my own, you know, all of the problems with my setup started to arise. So it's been, you know, it's kind of been a con and I'm still actually modifying things and you know improving the way we do things it's it's been a constant learning experience and the thing about it is is if that machine goes down my business goes down right and and you don't just call someone up um you know maybe there's some more places to call these days but in the past it's like it's not so easy to just call someone up and have them come out and fix your coffee roaster so it's really been up to me to maintain it to make sure that all the little sounds that are happening are not something that's going to become a major problem and to just fine-tune things the copy roaster there's it's fairly simple there's a few bearings on it and a few you know there's a blower fan and things like that so it's a simple piece of equipment but you know it gets hot it gets cool the metal changes so and it's going, it's going for eight hours a day, right? So a lot of things can happen. But over and above that, it's connected to the afterburner. And, you know, that all works together. So the afterburner is basically burning the exhaust of the coffee roaster. That's what you have for the EPA regulations to make sure we have clean air. And with my setup, it's been particularly sensitive the afterburner has been particularly sensitive to the airflow going through the coffee roaster so that's kind of been a a big thing that i've had to deal with through the years um so you know it's just it's learning about the afterburner i've you know i've had to replace the burner on the afterburner i've had to replace the fan on the afterburner i've had to learn all the duct work i've got in my in my attic i've got just you know eight inch (laughs) pipes that are angles and elbows and all sorts of pipes and duct work and stuff. So it's just been constant, but it's also, it's also a part of the job that I really love because I feel like it is my own, my own system that I'm working on and that I have all the tools or I have the ability to improve it and make it operate efficiently and to the best of our capabilities. So, sure. It's yeah. not as if so somebody. Your question. Yeah, I did not expect doing this all the time, but I had to learn. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like it, it's saying as if if somebody went to like say a coffee school and learned about roasting, they couldn't just step into Zumbar's roastery and make everything work properly because it's years of, right. yeah. of building. It's you know, it has a lot to do. I feel you know I feel like 
most people would echo this sentiment. It has a lot to do with your machine, you know, and there's, I, I, you know, my machine is the only machine that I have experience with. So, you know, I I would love to roast on different operating, you know, different roasting systems, but you know, this is, this is the machine that I own and this is what I, I know about. If I, if I honestly, if I went to a different uh, coffee roasting company and they had the same exact machine, it would still be, you know, there would be some similarities, I'm guessing, but just by the nature of the machine, where it's set up, how the ducting is, so on and so forth, it's a different system. So you kind of have to learn it from scratch. So, yeah, so it's not just a matter of, it's not just a matter of knowing when to add heat or, you know, you know, reduce the heat. It's a matter of understanding how this machine you know, heats and cools and, and operates. And that's definitely through experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's got its own ecosystem almost, uh, within yeah, the machine. Sure. It kind of reminds me of, um, some other things that you get into that maybe you don't realize are going to lead you down this path of expense, like mountain biking. You know, you buy a mountain bike and the next thing you know, you've spent thousands of dollars on components and things and you're 10 years, yeah. you got, you know, stack or surfing and you've got board upon board, but craft beer, craft beer is another one, you know, like you have one craft beer uh-huh. and the next thing you know, you're vacationing around craft beer. Yeah. You guys have a, a collaboration, a longstanding one with New English Brewing, don't you? Right. How yeah. Did, yeah. How did that yeah. come about? And uh, it's an Imperial Stout. I'm trying to think of the name. Yeah, it's called the Zumbar um, Coffee and Chocolate Imperial Stout. Right. So, it's an awesome beer. I love it. Yeah. He's won a, a few golds. I think it's I think he's won two golds at the GABF. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he's won some other awards with it. So I, I love the beer. It's, it's super awesome. And, um, the story of that is honestly, he's, he's set up right down the road from us. And, you know, one day I was driving home and saw his brewery little, uh, sign on the side of the street. <laughs> like, oh, cool. There's a brewery there stopped in and, you know, we just got to chatting and, and, uh, yeah, he, you know, when he was ready to, to make a coffee stout, he looked us up and, and yeah, it's been going ever since. So I was also going to ask you about sourcing of beans. I was reading on your website a little bit about it, the process of it and that you work with a, a mm-hmm. broker. But how does that relationship work and why is the source of beans so important, I guess, to the end product? Um, you know, I mean, the source of beans, obviously, coffee is one of those things where to make the best cuff, to make the best product, it's really start to finish, you know, that that you have to have an emphasis on quality. So um, at the farm level, um, first of all, you need to have the right plants growing. You need to have the right farming processes. Right. Um, and you need to have obviously good weather. So step by step, so processing techniques, how, you know, how meticulous is this producer to what they're doing? Are they picking red cherries? How is the coffee processed? You know, so there's a, there's a lot of things that go into that side of the business. And then from there it gets exported and it gets imported and, um, you know, it goes through transition. So there's a lot of hands that it changes until it gets to, you know, stateside. So you want to be confident in who's handling it and how they're handling it and that everything is done above board. So sourcing is making sure that you are able to access quality. And then over and above that, I think it's telling a story and making sure that you're um, approaching it with integrity. So 
traceability is a it, you know an important thing. We want to make sure that people who grow the coffee are being paid a, you know a sustainable wage, right? I mean, mm-hmm. especially if they're doing if they're coming up with a quality product, you know, to get them to want to continue that, right? There has to be a reason. So, and obviously, a lot of these countries where coffee is grown, you know, the it's, you know, they're not paid like we are in the States. So, and, you know, any social improvement projects, schools, things like that, you know, it's important to understand that your money, um, and it's not possible, I don't think, with every single coffee that you buy, but I think it's important to a lot of people that you see that your money is going to help that side of the business and, and be a fair that a fair price is being paid for the coffee, that you can tell the story of where the coffee's been grown, how it's been grown, who grew it. And then on top of that, that it's excellent, right? That it scored, you know, a high cup quality. So for us, it's, it's a combination of, you know, we've visited different countries and different origins. And some of the coffees that we bring in are the farms that I've been able to visit. Um, and a lot of it is coffee that we you know, where we work through trusted sources where there is traceability all the way to the farm farm level. Um, very cool. So yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very important. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, buying from the farmer's market or buying organic food. Like, and I think now more than ever, maybe people are more aware of what they're eating and drinking. There's just been kind of yeah. a, a burst of information just on a, a mainstream level. Hey everyone, I will be right back with the second half of my conversation with Steve Rail. But first, some words about Zumbar Coffee and Tea. They're one of San Diego County's premier coffee roasters and cafes since 2003. I've been buying their beans by the pound. I order on the website zumbarcoffee.com and a freshly roasted batch of coffee shows up on my doorstep just a few days later. If I feel motivated to interact with the rest of the world, I can always go on zumbarcoffee.com to order a latte to pick up at either of their Sorrento Valley or Cardiff locations and then grab a fresh beans to go while I'm there. All the details are on zumbarcoffee.com and don't forget to use the Roast15 promo code on your bulk bean orders. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to check out roastwestcoast.com for a lot more coffee content, including show transcripts, recaps, promotions, and consider subscribing to the bonus content, which directly supports this show. Anyone signing up for the paid subscription gets 20% off forever as long as they sign up before Friday, November 13th. A special thanks to Amber Keaton for being a supporter and just a generally awesome human being. And now, back to the show. And speaking of which... One of the things that we lost this year for a while was farmers markets to, because of coronavirus, uh, which has right. impacted everybody. But how is how has it impacted you guys, and how have you adapted? I know you guys were already doing delivery beforehand, which is I didn't know until coronavirus. But you know, what other ways has it has it hit you guys, and and you've adjusted? You know, it's I mean, it's strange. You know, our our Cardiff location is actually a little bit busier than it was before. Um, and we've, we have a little bit shorter hours there. Our Sorrento Valley location is quite a bit slower in that is because, you know, all of those businesses that are right down there are all working from home. So, so our, you know, our regular clientele is just not there anymore. So we're probably 60% or something that in the retail door, but you know, a few of the restaurants that we supplied coffee to have closed down. Um, so we've lost some of our wholesale, but the thing that's increased has been our online bulk coffee orders 
uh, that get shipped to people by mail. So, I mean, that's gone way up. So as that started to happen, we figured out all of these problems that were, you know, happening on our website as far as the process and, and realizing like, Hey, this is, you know, this is pretty inefficient the way we're doing this right now. So we've made it a lot better. You know, there's still room for improvement, but we've made it a lot better as far as the ordering process and not having, you know, mistakes all the time. And then we've made things a lot more efficient too. Um, We've also, you know, we've cut down, we used to roast six days. Now we roast four days and only three of those days are we shipping coffee or fulfilling wholesale orders. And and it just, it's made it actually quite a bit more efficient and it honestly allowed us uh, more time on the production side to spend a little bit more time analyzing and cupping coffee and doing doing the things that are feed into a quality approach. So, so that's the biggest thing. I mean, we're doing fine. We've, you know, we've scaled, we've cut our staff a little bit. We, ha- we had to cut our staff a little bit, but... Overall, you know, the retail business is still at a reasonable level and our coffee shipping is up a lot and our, you know, efficient operations, I would say, has gone up quite a bit. So. Sure, I would imagine the first thing people started to do was look at places where there was money being spent unnecessarily. Right. I, I think about as a former operator uh, of a restaurant, that's what I would do. You know, I would try to find those gaps and, and I'd try to find those gaps anyway, but... Uh, you're always right. kind of working to improve, and and this really forced that upon a lot of people that maybe were, you know, just you get so busy doing a lot of work. There's a lot to be done. I mean, just in our conversation, you've talked about repairs, production, retail. I mean, there's a million things to keep yeah. track of, and so this really had to hyper focus people. Uh-huh. Entering the holiday season, is there anything you guys are doing? Do you guys have any plans? Uh, just continuing to promote delivery, or what's the, you know, what do you guys got going on? You know, I mean, that the holiday season just seems to be people buy bulk coffee. And that's, you know, that's where that's the best for our business. That's really what I want to sell. Lattes are great. But if someone comes in and buys a latte and a bag of beans, then that's the best. And so, you know, Thanksgiving and, you know, the Christmas holiday, people buy are buying gifts or buying coffee for home. So it just seems to explode at that time period. We don't, we've never really done specials or anything like that. We've, we've just had a focus on making sure we have fresh coffee on the shelf, um, ready for people and understanding that they're coming in and they're going to be buying, you know, that our, that our levels are going to be going up two, three times what they normally are. So, you know, we have a, as far as our coffee, when you come to our stores, we have a four day shelf life. So, um, you can expect to buy coffee that's on the shelf within four days after the roast date. So that makes it challenging to always keep the stock at the right, you know, available. So, you know, I think that's our, our big focus when the holidays come around is just to make sure that we were prepared for this and to make it work well and, and have the product for people. Sure. So I'm going to ask you two questions here to kind of end this. And one is... Okay. Anything else you want us to know about Zoombar, the listeners who may may have known of you or don't know, you know, anything about your story you want them to know? And then two, what kind of coffee do you drink? Oh, okay. Um, let's see. What would I want the listeners to know? Yeah, I think that I would want to impart that we're really like a, a coffee company with, first of all, an a, approach towards quality. So, you know, it's, it's really finding ways – 
all the way through the process from sourcing, from roasting, from making espresso, brewing coffee. It's, it's a continual focus on like, how can we do this better? What can we do to make this better? So we're constantly improving. And I think that's why we have staff that hangs out around for a while. And that's why I think people, including myself, enjoy working there, you know, um, because it's not just a go to work and do the same thing over and over. It's go to work and like, how can we make this better? What's exciting? What can we do? So, so I think that is interesting to note about our company. And I think it's also that we take more of a classic approach to espresso and coffee. We, you know, our espresso roast is maybe a little bit darker than what some of the other companies are doing today. And we pull our shots ristretto style, which is a little bit more concentrated. And that's kind of the, the style that we've, focused on from the beginning and it's still the style that I'm in love with. We do do, as far as filter copy, we do some more light to medium roasts or like single origin copies. And, you know, I enjoy that, that aspect too. So, but really, you know, it's a, it's a classic approach and it's very simple. No, you know, no frills. We have chocolate. We don't have vanilla. We um, really try to focus in on the coffee and just just getting that right. So that's probably what I'd want people to understand about Zumbar if they if they plan to visit or buy coffee from us. And then what do I drink? So typically, I mean, I'm an Americano person, so I have a short eight ounce Americano. Um, that's what I drink. That's what that's what my daily cup is. And then midday, I like to have a shot of espresso. And then as far as brewed coffee, I'm really just. We serve French press, and I love French press coffee. I don't think everyone agrees with me, but I, I love French press coffee. I also enjoy, you know, pour over or um, any any filter coffee with the you know lighter roasts, you know, that brings out some of the flavor flavor nuances and characteristics and makes a clean cup. And it, it's all challenging. It's it's that quest to make a perfect cup and to create something that's exceptional. So. Well, that's so, awesome. It's, yeah. it's it's exciting to hear as a customer that, you know, after being open as long as you have, that you're still excited and still striving to do that, which is, so I commend you on that. And, and uh, I'd say, I'd say cheers to you and, and thanks for joining the podcast. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> okay, that's it. Episode one, it's in the books. A big thank you to Steve Rail for coming on the show and for making some fantastic coffee. One of the best ways for you to support Zumbar Coffee and Tea is to buy bags of coffee beans. Order them online at zumbarcoffee.com and have them shipped to your address or visit one of the two locations and purchase beans on the spot, along with a handcrafted cup of coffee. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Zumbar Coffee, and you can always find links in this show's notes or on roastwestcoast.com. Thank you for joining me for the next few months while we explore the coffee roasters of North County, San Diego. And be sure to follow along and write reviews wherever you're listening to great podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, and basically everywhere. Later this week, Chris O'Brien, founder of Coffee Cycle, will begin our official coffee education with some tips for first-time coffee drinkers. Before I sign off, I want to thank the Coast News Group for collaborating with me on this project. Check out the coastnews.com's podcast directory. You'll find this show there and plenty of other great content, including the North County Beat podcast hosted by Kelly Kyle. This episode of the Roast West Coast podcast was produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt, and I'm exhausted. I probably need yet another cup of coffee. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the bonus content at roastwestcoast.com. Be swell out there, try to stay sane, and as always, be sure to drink good coffee.
Whew. Well, that's one. Nine more to go.